welcome back to episode 161 of Tall Boy Radio. We have another guest for you tonight. So if you're interested in things that go bump in the night, or if you want to find out Dave's opinion on ghoulies, then this is just the episode for you. So without further ado, let's meet the other two hosts. Gazza? Uh, evening all, evening the world. Um, looking forward to this. Um, enjoy. Uh, I won't give too much away about our, our guests tonight and, and what, what they do. I'm lo- looking forward to this. We, we've done a couple along a similar vein in the path, so really excited for this one. Awesome, awesome. Dave? Uh, welcome, listeners. Yeah, I, I'm a bit more on the fence than Gaz is going to be, but I'm sure it's going to be spectacular. Oh, <laughs> lovely stuff. Uh, yeah, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, as we said, we're joined by a guest. Now, we, and as, as these guys alluded to, we have done a few episodes on the paranormal in the past. So, normally we've had Andy on, who is indeed he's uh, in the same sort of camp as you are, Dave, in terms of his scepticism. However, myself and Gaz are probably a little bit more open to these ideas. So, Emily, would you like to say hello and tell us a little bit about what it is that you do? Okay, I'm Emily Waterson. I run some paranormal groups and work for other paranormal groups as a paranormal investigator and also a medium. It's quite interesting to go in and and, help groups out and find out what, what is there. Indeed, indeed. That's interesting. That's an interesting perspective, isn't it? The medium side of it as well. So we, we've had two paranormal investigators on before, one from Crew, a guy called Jason, and a lady called Gina from Florida. So okay. and the first question we always ask is, how did you get into it? It's something I was interested in from a really young age. Uh, so as a child, I would watch programmes, buy books or go to the library, get books out. I was always interested in sort of the haunted, local haunted areas and and that type of thing. And then my first experience that really got me into it, I was 13 years old and my grandmother passed away two weeks previous to this experience. I was laying in bed and I just woke up in the middle of the night, looked at the bottom of the bed and there was my grandmother, really young, just sort of looking at me. And I just had a feeling of warmth and love come from her. Uh, I wasn't frightened, whereas if you'd have told me at the age of 13 14 I was going to see something at the end of the bed <laughs> I'd be really scared but I wasn't it felt it felt really nice and just laid down went back to sleep and you know from there I just wanted to know was that a dream was it real and I wanted to know more I wanted to know what it was and how it was there that's interesting interesting and the reason why I say that's interesting Gaza, because you've had a very very similar experience haven't you really really similar yeah and I, I remember it incredibly vividly even to this day I was sort of in bed and I was dreaming and strangely I remember dreaming and it, we were playing five-a-side we were having a five-a-side football match local leisure centre dreaming about it and I just remember all of a sudden the, the ball came to me and then I just had this really uncontrollable sense of falling and there was a great big basically hole opened up in the middle of the ground and I felt myself falling through it it, it was strange I wasn't I didn't dream I was falling I just had this real sense that I was falling it wasn't you know it wasn't in my dream it was just me falling and I always remember and I don't know whether or not it's true or not you'll be able to tell me more that I always remember someone saying when you if you get that uncontrollable sense of falling and and then you hit and you actually hit the ground that that's you being dead or that's you having some sort of sort of episode because normally you'd wake yourself up 
And I remember as I was falling, and I remember really, really vividly, I remember calling for my mum and my dad, and my mum had passed previously, so I, but I remember in the dream calling for my mum, but I couldn't speak. So I, I had this real sense of falling, and, and, and I remember the sensation of trying to talk and trying to shout, but not being able to. It's almost like a and I couldn't speak, and I and I remember hitting the ground, and I remember just bolt upright, opening my eyes, and at the corner of my bed, bottom right, as you would look at if you're lying in bed, so bottom right, my mum was standing at the end of the bed, mm. and she was, and and I wasn't scared, I wasn't, you know, and 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 it was a little bit of a double take, but she was there. She didn't say anything, and I didn't say anything to her, but I I I'm nine, you know. I would swear I'd take a polygraph test. It was her at the end of the bed. And then I remember almost the sensation of say blinking, but almost like a coming to and a coming round. And I sat bolt upright and I was absolutely just drenched in sweat. Like literally like head to toe, just drenched in sweat. But not not scared because I'd seen my mum, but scared of the sensation of falling and the uncontrollable sense of falling that 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 was what scared me the most it wasn't the fact that then I saw my mum and to this day I don't know and I've never really I mean obviously we've done a couple of podcasts with various people and I've sort of re- recounted that story and and I've never really sort of thought about taking it any further or anything like that but I, I'm sort of curious was I was was I having a dream within a dream and I was just dreaming that I saw my mum or was it an episode that I actually saw my mum was she there was she not there you know that a couple of people have sort of spoken to me and said it could have been a, uh, you know, like a, a, a some clothes on a hanger hanging on the back of a door or a wardrobe. Hundred percent not. Like just categorically, that that's just not the case. Mm. So yeah, so it's it's strange. That, well, I say strange, Emily. Obviously, you've, you know, you recount a very very similar story to what I had, really. Yeah, interesting, interesting. So after that, then, so I I, I get why you obviously are interested in it. that for me. You know what I mean? It sends you down that route. And myself and Gaz have always had a little bit of a passing interest in, in the paranormal. How did you then get in? How did you take it onto that next level then and start investigating? It was quite some time later. In fact, only a few years ago, I was, <clears throat> I was following a page of a, a local man. He's, he's an author, a historian, an author and paranormal investigator in our local area. And uh, he run, uh, runs a very small private investigation group. And I was following his page and he had a competition. So you, you put your name down and a name would be pulled from the hat and you could join him and his team on an investigation. And I'd wanted to go on investigations, but it's a case of not wanting to choose the wrong group because there's so many big events groups out there who um, are quite happy to charge you sort of 70 pounds to go somewhere and then throw some stones or something so that it's exciting, you know. But I didn't want that. I wanted real, honest proof. So if you went somewhere and nothing happened, then so be it. You know, it's, it, nothing happens. So, yeah, I went out with his group. And at the end of it, I said to him, how can I get into this? I really want to to do this. And then the next day he phoned me and said him and one of the other members had a chat and they wanted me to join the group. So that's that's how I started. And then I've moved on to become a committee member of uh, two other groups and now run my own group. So. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, that's incredible. That's a fair bit of experience, that is. And like you say, very interesting that you make that comment. Sometimes you're not going to see something. Just out of interest then, on, I don't know how many investigations you've been on. I'd be interested to know how many of those come up to be sort of fairly fruitless, 
And how many of them have you had any experiences? And, and I'd also love to hear about any of those experiences. I don't think I've had any where I've had nothing happen at all. But there are, because I usually pick things up. If you were perhaps relying on equipment, then you may say, well, the light didn't flash, you know, the ball didn't light up or something. But then I, I pick things up. So in that case, that there is always, I've always picked something up or something's happened with equipment. For example, last week we were at a local museum. It was fairly quiet. We had a little bit on the spirit board, but not a lot. Uh, and on calling out, we didn't get many sort of taps and bangs and things lighting up and like REM pods going off. It was it was fairly quiet in, in that case. But it was still a good night and we still had, like, I picked things up and we had a little bit on the spirit board. But yeah, some places are very active. Interesting. Interesting. So before we, we get to the people who don't believe necessarily in these things, let's get to somebody who doesn't believe necessarily in these things. <laughs> Dave, Dave, what do you make of these conversations initially? Well, as you've alluded to, I'm a cynic, I would say. And I, I guess I look at it in the same way as religion. You know, it's in, in my eyes, it's a faith based thing and you believe in it or you don't. And if you choose to believe in it, you'll you'll see things, your things will happen. If you don't believe in it, then, you know, you won't see things happen. And concrete proof is the only kind of thing that's going to change me. I know we then start to get into other conversations about you accept loads of things in life without concrete proof. But this one particular, you know, if, if it'd have to happen to me and I'd have to be, um, you know, undis- undisputed in the the facts and that it really was something that, that was paranormal as opposed to just, you know, a bit of wind blowing something off a wind, off a windowsill or something like that. Because it's strange, isn't it? Because, you know, I suppose picking up from what Dave said, you, in one or two camps, you know, you, you see it, you see a, a shadow move across the curtain or you see something happen and you've got the believers go, oh my God, did you see that? And then you've got the non-believers that go, yeah, it's just a draft and the curtain moved. You know, it, 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 it's either one of those, aren't you, I suppose? And maybe that goes back to what Dave says in terms of if you're open to it and you believe in it, you might see one thing. But then if you're not and you're close to it, you you might see it, but then not associate the same type of thing. You know, it's literally it's just a curtain moving or it's just a shadow or there's just a bit of light distortion or whatever it may be, where somebody that maybe really believes will say, oh, no, no, that was definitely something. Uh, and I suppose it's one of those. And, and I'm not usually into the I'm a hundred percent believer I just know what I've experienced in terms of obviously being yeah. my mom and, I, and so I think I'm more open and susceptible to there being something as opposed to maybe Dave who hasn't maybe experienced seeing it and therefore is 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 not down that road so I mean where, where are you on that then I'm I get it I get it is a it is a belief yeah that there needs to be a degree of belief in it and whenever you believe in something like he's like dave says there is a danger that you can read into it being something more than it is you know whether you believe in a god that created us or you believe that we're made of stars you know or you know that you, you could you consider the possibility that the god that god created the big bang and that's how he created us i don't know there's there's a degree there's a leap of faith but the interesting thing is and I'd be interested to get Emily's perspective here. If she's ever had anybody come along who was a non-believer when they set foot on that first journey with you and didn't because Jason, who we had on, who was a ghost hunter, was like Dave, didn't believe it, thought it was bunkum, thought it was yeah. nonsense until he had an experience himself in his own house. He moved in with this girl that he'd been seeing who he's now married to 
and he had an experience in the house that he just physically there was no other explanation for him other than that had to be a paranormal experience and he was brought into it from then on and he then like yourselves he had that experience you know you had it at an early age gaz had it at a relatively early age and it sent you know it sent him on this journey have you ever had anybody come along with you who has come on as a skeptic or even as a non-believer has ever had an experience or have you had an experience with non-believers i guess i'm asking yes yeah first of all my, my husband is a non-believer or was was <laughs> is he he doesn't sort of believe mediums and what they do and he doesn't believe in all the paranormal stuff and the things that happen until uh, fairly recently because he always says he'll but he'll believe something if i tell him it's happened because he, he believes i wouldn't lie to him little does he know <laughs> 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 so um recently uh, i got i came into possession of a haunted doll and he was like oh it's, it's you know it's just a china doll it's not going to do anything um but Obviously, by using equipment and things, I've spoken to the spirit attached to the doll and he has seen that. So uh, on request, I've asked for cat balls to be lit up uh, to answer questions. And I've used different ghost apps that you can use, spirit box apps. And uh, I've asked questions and answers have come up on the apps. And he's sort of quite like, oh, OK. <laughs> and he's heard wow. things all, all based around this this doll. The, the spirit attached to this doll and so he started to think hang on a minute you you know if you haven't got a remote control for those cat balls how are they lighting up when you ask them to so yeah he's, what, he's coming around what equipment do you have then you you mentioned equipment then you talk about apps and, and yeah. cat balls i don't know if cat balls are just something cats play with or it's something specific <laughs> <laughs> so they are just cat balls <clears throat> the little ones they've got a little button on the top press the button down and then when they're moved at all and they're quite delicate they will flash sort of disco colors or you can use glow in the dark balls as well i also use dowsing rods pendulums spirit board which is ouija board but you know, I, I prefer to refer to it as a spirit board or communication board there are k2 meters which show up the electromagnetic activity of, of something uh rem pods uh again sort of a similar thing uh there's all sorts of things trigger objects that we can use to draw around it i've got a wooden cross that i can draw around see if that moves uh, marbles in sand is always a good one uh, writing planchette automatic writing planchette so there's lots of different equipment that you can use well and in terms of sort of audio do you is it is it always physical manifestations in terms of things move things light up or do you do you capture audio because one of the people that would that he, he he sort of guested on a couple of our earlier podcasts and he has audio capturing equipment and he basically filters out all the different frequencies and then captures what would be white noise to a lot of people but yeah. then filters it out filters it out filters it out and and then can and it's not necessarily a voice as such but he can hear things that normal sort of sound meters or speakers wouldn't pick up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't do it in, in that depth myself. I haven't got the right. equipment or anything to, to go into that, that sort of depth, but I do uh, use voice recorders because uh, quite often you'll, you'll be talking or something and then you, you won't hear something, but when you get home and listen to it, you'll, you'll sort of listen carefully and with headphones on and you can pick something up. Right. So yeah, we usually, uh, we'll either do a, a full recording of the whole session, but that can get a bit tedious listening back to six hours of, of um, <laughs> recording. So you can just call out, record, while you call out and ask for a name, 
put the recorder yeah. on and then stop it and then just rewind it back and then listen see if you picked yeah. anything up so, well yeah. so, so emily what what i mean you just said six hours there so what what how many people are in your group and what would what would an outing or or, or a session whatever you call it what would that look like well the the groups vary depending if if it's my group or if I'm working with one of the other groups, and it depends obviously on the size of venue. We do if if we're in a larger venue, we do uh, split up into sort of smaller groups. So I usually like around a group of five, five or six maybe maximum in in a small group. We would uh, we'd arrive at the venue, split into our groups, and we'd go off into to our certain areas, and then we would just sort of begin calling out building up energy and that's why usually having a good laugh is, is a great way of building up energy and rub your hands together just any, any way to sort of make make the energy level higher yeah then we, we just keep calling out then we always have a break then after about an hour and a quarter unless obviously if we're right in the middle of something really good then we'll carry on but otherwise we'll break and we'll discuss what we've found and then we'll just go on to another another vigil so we usually work from sort of half seven until one or two, sometimes right. later if if we can. Okay, well, uh, so uh, you, you mentioned, obviously you mentioned that just the spirit board, what people would historically or traditionally call a Ouija board. Mm. Uh, and, and you know, we, we've all been those teenage lads and girls that have said, oh, well, we'll do a Ouija board. And, no, no, you're pushing the glass or whatever, and you, you get all of that sort of thing. I, I'm curious, I suppose, when you are doing this period board, have you had any negative experiences in terms of maybe I'll say unfriendly spirits or 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 anything like that? Is is it all relatively positive in terms of information finding, or have you, have there been times where you know you either have to cut it short or you have to stop the session or for, for whatever reason? Yeah, there's been uh, a couple of times. Once uh, we had a spirit come through. I don't think he was. It, an evil spirit but we we got six 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 on the board and then uh loads of like strange letters and and, and whatever and we, we finished that session quickly because we thought we we don't want to we, yeah. we don't want to know where it's leading and then most recently we went to uh, an abandoned raf base and uh, we used the spirit board in there and someone had spray painted a pentagram on the floor so we thought we'd place the spirit board on the pentagram and uh, we were calling out and uh we got the first letter, asked, asked for the name. The first letter was L, then U, and we, we got Lucifer. Right. And then we got 666, and we were sort of saying, no, you know, don't be silly. You know, you're obviously joking with us. Why is Lucifer here? You know, don't. at that point, three of the team saw a shadow run across the room uh, through the other. There was another room. There was a window between rooms and a corridor. And something that we heard it and three team members saw it run through and we thought we thought it was security, <laughs> but it, it wasn't. There was nobody there. And the only way out from the room would have been uh, two levels down out of the window. So they hadn't escaped. So wow. we uh, wondered you know, what, what it was. So we carried on and it kept going back to 666. And in the end, we said, you know, stop messing around with us. You, you, you're clearly just a, a, a joker. Uh, in the end, uh, the planchette moved very quickly to goodbye, oh, and wow. it it went there, and then that was it. The, the energy it just went flat, and uh, there was nothing there. So whoever it was didn't want to talk to us. Wow, that's quite scary. Wow, yeah, yeah, that is quite scary. <laughs> I I remember we like we did one. I think it was myself and my brother, a lad by the name of Jeff, and we did it at his house. 
and his, his parents were away. We were quite young at the time. And he had a dog and he locked his dog in the kitchen because he didn't, you know, he didn't want the dog to get upset or involved. And we were doing it in the usual stuff, like he was spelling out weird stuff. Like, who's, who's moving a glass? Stop messing around. Next minute, the dog is outside at the back door going absolutely crackers, like barking away at the window. And we're like, Jeff, we told you lock in the kitchen. He goes, I did, I did. And I know the kitchen door was locked. This doesn't make any sense. So he went tootling off to the kitchen. The brother sort of like fought close behind him because he didn't dare go in by himself. And they, they both swear that the back door was wide open and it slammed shut the second they set foot inside the kitchen and the dog's still going crazy outside. So my brother says, no, 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 I'm not having any of this. Gets the glass, <laughs> throws it on the floor to break it, takes him to the garage, throws it on the floor to break it. And no word of a lie, the damn thing bounced. I, and my brother's got an arm on him, I tell you, he can, you know, he can, he can unleash. And I tell you what, his thing must have bounced like six foot up in the area. I've never seen anything like it from a glass. <laughs> But needless to say, we didn't sleep very well that night. We 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 shit ourselves. We really did. So yeah, it's, it's, the interesting thing is when we've had other people on, and we had Jason on, and we've had Gina. When we spoke to them, they don't do any of the spirit board stuff. They they no. it's like oh no, oh no no, we're not we're not messing with that. So so <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that isn't it? Yeah. Have you had any positive experiences? Someone trying to get in touch with somebody from it then a positive yes. way. Yeah, just recently we were at a farmhouse in Milton Keynes and we were using the spirit board, getting really good results. We had dates come through, dates of birth, dates of death, and they all matched up when you looked at the age of the age that they gave us. All the dates added up. And then we, we actually then communicated with one of the ladies that was with us. It was her granddad. And at that point, we asked her to take her hand off of the planchette. We continued and she was asking him questions that only she would know the answer to. Just because there's always that fear that someone may be manipulating it a little bit. Yeah. So I, I only ever do it with people I do trust. So she she took her her finger off and she was asking questions that that we possibly couldn't know the answers to. And it was a really strong energy and the planchette was just sliding straight to to the correct answers. So That's that incredible. was awesome. That was really good. I did I did do it once, not long after my granddad had died, and we again it was just mucking around with kids I don't know how old we were 14 15 something like that and one of them asked me when my granddad's birthday was before we did it so I gave him the wrong birthday and that's what came out <laughs> surprisingly <laughs> but what I was gonna what I was gonna ask I mean that that's silly I know but because that leads me on to my question which is what does it take to do it is it purely technique is it skill or is it the people that are trying to communicate outwards that that trigger a response yeah, I think it's it's the energy of the people around the board. So I, I've done spirit board before with um, some some newbies, so to speak. We sometimes take out groups of of people new that are interested but have never never done an investigation before, and the energy can be really really low because they're sort of just sat there, sort of thinking, oh, I don't know, you know, I don't know what to do, and they're quite nervous. So it is good to have a really good energy. So we have lots of banter and laughing and and you know, joking and messing about before we investigate. And in the yeah. breaks, we have a, a good bit of banter and, and laughter. And that raises the energy. So, it, yeah, it does depend on the energy around the board and the, uh, and also the energy of the spirit because they need to have a strong energy as well to come through. The other thing you mentioned as well is dousing. Now, the interesting thing about dousing is it's not just used for this. So I have a friend who works in a library and they had a water leak. And believe it or not, when they called out somebody from 
Cheshire's Water, whoever it was, Seven Trent Water, whoever turned up, they sent somebody out to investigate it. And the first thing they did was get a couple of dousing runs out and start looking for the lead. To be honest, I was yeah. like, I, I was like, you want to be up here, love? Come on, there's no way that happened. But she she swears blind it happened. That, you know, the guy got the dousing rods out, and that's how they found the leak. Yeah, yeah. The stories, but... of, farm, the stories of farmers doing the same thing. You know, looking for water, but in the leak, they'll go with dousing rods. And it's like, oh, there it is. And you're like, really? How does that even work? <laughs> yeah, they're very clever. We use them um, for my children if they lose anything. And they say, Mummy, where, where's my phone or where's my, my Kindle tablet or something? I just say, go get the dowsing rods. And I just tell them, think about the object. Think about how it feels, how it looks, how it smells, if it has a smell. Think about it in your mind. Just imagine the object and then walk with the dowsing rods. And nine times out of ten, they will find it. They will wow. find what you're looking for with them. They love it. That's <laughs> they mad, think it's magic. It? Yeah, is that is that? I'm just being. I'm just going to be cynical again. But is that not just that they're then thinking about? Because when our kids leave leave things, we just say, "Well, go back, work your way backwards, think about it. Where did you last put it?" And then they normally figure it out. So is is it, is it that that's just going on? Could be. You haven't seen the state of my kids' bedrooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what that's like. I know what that's like. Yeah, you're not finding anything there, even with dowsing rods in my in my, in my exactly. kids' bedrooms. So you talk then about the different places that you've visited. Tell us, tell us about those. Tell us about the, the most active places that you, you've had experiences. And, and if you were going to recommend somewhere to go as a newbie, you know, give us, give us a few places that you've visited that have been interesting and unique. Okay. Uh, one place that I, I love, I love to go back to, it's actually a private house. And it's in, I've got it written down here because I've forgotten. It is in... Leighton Buzzard in a village called Hotcliffe oh. and uh, it was a 17th century coaching inn and okay. uh, the man does afternoon teas at this uh, old coaching inn and, and then opens it up obviously for, for investigations and that must be the probably the most active place I've been to. I, I usually get affected by a spirit there who uh, who likes to make me laugh and it's quite quite embarrassing because I'll, I'll be very serious do, you know doing a, a a proper investigation and all of a sudden I start laughing to sort of uncontrollably you know that horrible uncontrollable laugh and it freaks people out because like why are you laughing what are you laughing at <laughs> and, uh, it's to the point I can't stop and my, my stomach starts aching that's happened on two occasions there we've also had there some uh, really big church candles sitting on the dining room table on a big tall sort of candelabra and we were talking to the man uh, we'd finished investigating and these candles one after the other probably about two seconds apart just fell off in different directions on the table and we all just stood there like oh my god did that just happen it's like oh yeah. so yeah that, that's a good place and uh, Hinchinbrook House in Huntingdon that is uh, a really really good place I'm going back there again soon that that's really active and a stunning building as well because I think both myself and Adam have an interest in it, in just the paranormal and parapsychology and all of that. I think we mentioned about going to, was it Bates, was it Bates Hall? Was it Ad? It was it Masterfield? Yeah. Bates, so it's like is it a hotel or a hall that, that is like really, really sort of haunted. And, and, and as you said earlier, it's one of those that if we went and nothing happened, so be it. You know, we're not, I don't think we would go there. Oh my God, we, we, oh, we saw this and that must be X, yeah. Y or Z. I think if it, yeah, and we'd love to just maybe sit in the lobby, sit in the lounge, sit in wherever, do an hour here, half an hour here, forty-five minutes here, and just just to see. 
whether anything because it apparently it, it's an incredibly sort of haunted sort of building so it, it is on our i say our to-do list and, and obviously you know i say post covid we were like right okay and that, that horrible covid word you know but we were like we, we really want to get out a bit more and try and do a few more sort of outside broadcasts and it was one of the places that, that we thought about going and actually an episode would be you know tbr does the, the paranormal but do it from a place that is known to be haunted where people have experienced lots of different types of of, of sort of hauntings or experiences whatever it may be called and, and just to see whether or not for, for two people that maybe are slightly more open to the paranormal whether or not we we, we would be able to experience something so that's definitely something that that, that we thought we'd quite like to do it wouldn't be anything Oh, amen, yeah. And like the other place that we mentioned as well is nearby in us is a place called the Old Hall in Sandbach. And I've emailed them, but they've not got back to me, funnily enough. What it is about us rocking up, dressed in boiler suits with vacuum cleaners on our backs. Vacuum cleaners on our back, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they wouldn't you get, isn't it? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, playing Ghostbusters, he's going to play Slimer, you know, all of that. So, yeah, yeah, okay, we get it. But, but Gaz used a really interesting word there. I don't know if it's intentional or not, but it, you use the word open. And that's the thing, I think. Do you believe that's part of it, is being open to the idea and actually not just opening your mind, but if you believe that sort of physical energy, the lights that I've seen on your Instagram page where you shared something that I read not so long ago as well, about Einstein was interested in the, the energy inside the human body. And he was, you know, he was one of these people who believed in ghosts. Do you think it, it does make a difference that you do have to be open to these things? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you need to you need to be open. Your mind needs to be open to allow these things to to come in and to be. Mm. If your mind's open, then you you just you're not going to be accepting of of anything. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, like I say, when I refer to Einstein as well, Einstein had this sort of theory that we've got all this energy that that's moving around us. We know it's electrical fields and what have you. Do we? Or do I understand it? Certainly not. And I apologise if that's way off the mark, but I believe that's roughly the case. So he believed that once we pass on, that whether it's a spirit or what have you, he wasn't convinced. But there was this electrical energy, which would could then go on and be these apparitions and these ghosts. So, what do you believe a ghost actually is? Just out of interest. I believe is exactly as you said. When we die, we're made up of energy. It is scientifically impossible to destroy energy. So I believe that the spirit is our spirit is the energy, and the energy is the spirit. So that if you were to see a spirit or to feel a spirit or sense one, it's that energy around you that you're feeling that has mm. been left behind. Yeah, interesting. And when you say as well that you're a medium, do you think that that is, as it's sometimes portrayed in the movies, a gift? Or do you think that if we're all open enough, then we could all have those experiences ourselves? Yeah, I believe anyone anyone could do it. Yeah, I don't think of it as a gift. I think of it as something I was interested in, so I opened up to it. And then I've been taught techniques how of how to use it and how to do it is you know, I think anybody anybody if they're open enough interested enough and patient enough can do it interesting interesting it's interesting because it, it, yes the parent the, the the paranormal the para psychology the investigation bit I get I think if I was playing devil's advocate I think a lot of people in terms of mediums feel as though and 
please don't take this personally. It's not meant in that way, but they, they prey on the vulnerable. They play on the people and, and they, they use very, very sophisticated body language techniques. They use very, very sophisticated questioning techniques. They, they, they use very, very sophisticated nonverbal communicate, communicative techniques in terms of trying to tease out the information that yeah. the recipient is not willing to give. And then they, they ask very, very open questions. Oh, I've got this person here and, 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 and someone will go, oh, yeah, that's me. And then, ah, and then you latch onto that person and, and those people want, they, they want that contact. So therefore, yes. and, and I'm not saying you do this in any way, shape or form, Emily, please. But you always say then prey on that want of yeah. that person. And, and I think that that's the devil. That's the bit that because I've never been to medium and I've never uh, I've never sort of gone through a medium. That's the bit that I struggle with as thought. Yeah. So I just, you know, I've just been interested in terms of, you know, by all means, shoot me down and, and I'm, I'm only playing devil's advocate. And I am actually quite open to the, to a medium having those experiences and having those, those sort of encounters. But for somebody that like Dave, who maybe is, is completely anti that, what would you say to, the, to that in terms of the, the mediums just prey on the, the weak and this and that? I believe there are an awful lot of people who do exactly what you've just said. And I think some of the, I mean, I, I don't do private readings for anyone. I only use my mediumship in investigations. Right. I've okay. had lots of people say, would you do a reading for me? But to me, that's it's too personal. I can't, I can't do that. I, I couldn't, if, if I got something wrong, I would feel awful. So I only, only use mine at investigations. But yeah, there are an awful lot of mediums out there that are, I believe started out as mediums. I do believe all these ones that people say are fakes. I do believe they are mediums. But then I think some of them perhaps exaggerate on what they pick up. Right. And elaborate it a little bit, maybe, to make it fit, possibly. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I just use mine for my investigations. So I, okay. I don't I don't do readings. Is that, yeah. is that your own, your, when you see investigations, is that just you and, and your group or is that people paying you to go and investigate their house for things? No, just me and my group, yeah. Yeah, mm. no, I would never take money for it. I, I've had, had people say, you can you come round and see if there's anything here? Yes, I will, absolutely. But I, I wouldn't take payment for doing it. It's, yeah. it's something I love. I'm passionate about it. I love it. Mm. I enjoy it. And I see it as, I mean, I, I'd quite happily pay them. <laughs> <laughs> for me to go and see do you know what I mean yeah it's yeah, yeah it's, it's it's certainly not something I'd, I'd want to make money out of it sounds like there's a, a big social side to it like like any club or group of people that hang out enjoy doing the same thing absolutely yeah yeah um we we call ourselves like para family and um I have met some absolutely amazing people and I've made the the best friends I've, I've ever had throughout my whole childhood and everything through through paranormal so yeah I've, I've got an awesome little team of mates <laughs> they are brilliant nice. fantastic how, how many are there then in your group that you you regularly investigate with there are sort of uh, around seven or eight that are my bestest <laughs> bestest investigators and then we've got a lot of others that sort of will drop in and out um, and then obviously I've got I've got a lot of other friends in other teams that I work with, but my my small little special group, yeah, it's about seven or eight, and my daughter is included in that as well. Oh, awesome. well, well, I was about to, I was about to ask, what is the the demographics? You know, age and and, and gender. What's that kind? Of, is it just a total mix? 
Yeah, it, I'd say it's probably almost equal, men and women. You tend to get probably 30s, 40s. You don't get many much older people, but then you, you also don't get many sort of 20-year-olds, although my, my daughter's just 18, and so she comes out with me. But, yeah, the I think it's it's mainly sort of 30s, 40s, 50s. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. So do do does anybody else have any experiences while they're out there? Obviously yourself, you know, like you say, you've trained yourself as much as you can to be as open as you can. Has anybody else sort of other than obviously the lady you shared earlier who was visited uh, beyond but from by by a relative, has anyone else had like a real personal experience while they're out investigating it? Uh, yeah, lots of the team members will experience different things uh, at different places. So one lady's had a scratch on her neck. We've had, like, people have hair pulled. You can be sort of pushed backwards or for- backwards and forwards. Seeing shadows. So at an investigation at the weekend, I saw shadow figures. And we do we do try and rule everything out. Like, could it be a car? Which angle is, is the light from outside shining through the window? Was there anyone outside walking past? You know, and, we do try and debunk everything, but yeah, lots of people will have experiences as well as seeing equipment going off and lighting up. People feel a change in temperature, like a dramatic change in temperature, yeah. or a touch on the hand or something. It, it's it's strange because uh, I think it might have been maybe an episode that Bo w- was on, Ad, and 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 we've had a couple of other sort of investigators on, and they they always and and you've just. Said basically, Emily, what what they've said in terms of you genuinely try to debunk what happens, yeah, to the point where actually it then can't be anything else. It, yeah. you know, it's all, you, you don't jump to the paranormal para, you know, the, the para, paranormal activity straight away. It's like, well, we'll look at this and it can't be that, and we look at that and it can't yeah. be that, and we look at that and it can't be that, and you go through all these things. Yeah, and you're then only left with, I say, the unexplained. You, the only then option is it is the paranormal, and some yeah. something has happened, and and it's it, it's a bit heartening in a way, I suppose, if that's even the right phrase. That yourself and a couple of the other people, investigators that we've had on, you know, um, I know Adam, that was it, Bo, that was there a, a photo that that he he shared, was it, and and they, they mm-hmm. basically tried to debunk. Which is it the angle? Is it the lighting? Is it this? Is it yeah. that? And there was a shadow on the photo, and they, they tried to debunk it completely. And it got to a point where they said, "Well, actually, we can't. So therefore, it it must be something." Yeah. You, you know, and 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 I suppose that's almost to, to try to convince the sort of skeptics, I Dave. You know, it's like, well, actually, we've done this, and we've done this, and we've done this, and we've gone through yeah. this, and we've tried this, and we've looked at this. You know, so has there been? Uh, and and I think I, I think I know the answer in terms of people that have then obviously you know and you've mentioned it before been to you and they've sort of not quite had a <gasps> oh my god moment but uh, oh I, I'm now a believer like and to see the, the the change of that person on that one instance that one occasion that one night that one encounter that they've gone no 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 I'm definitely not <gasps> oh my god yeah I I I I've, and what do they feel like because obviously then you reach out to them after the event. What what's their emotion? What what can, is that something you can share with us, or have you got an experience of that? Uh, yeah, I think um, quite a few people have uh, it, sort of since I've been going out have have gone out and sort of they've believed, but again, like they said, they've believed but not had that experience, and then they the experience comes along and they think, oh, actually, you know, this is it's sometimes they're quite emotional. Yeah, because they're I think they're. I think they're probably almost relieved that they've seen something 
right. because they, they believed it. But it's like believing in something, but you you believe in something that you don't know is there. You don't mm-hmm. you don't know if it's there or not, but you want to believe. Yeah. And then when they do have the experience, some people can sort of become quite excited or emotional. Some people could become scared. We don't get many sort of really scared people because nothing, you know, I always say to people, nothing really scary is going to happen. You're not going to yeah. see this big monster's face coming out at you from, from the yeah. wardrobe, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nothing really scary is going to happen. Though. So the worst thing could be a poltergeist. You'll get a, a chair thrown across the room or something. But I've not had that yet. That sounds pretty scary. So, so I mean, just just go back to the sort of the, the spirit board. And I know you said you don't maybe do private ones, but has there been anybody that within your group that maybe has reached out to some spirit, maybe of you know a, 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 a sort of dead relative or something like that, and and they've made that contact, and you felt like a real positive I suppose what an emotional and then they were like oh you know like a, a really positive emotional experience that they've had in terms of the spirit board and they they've been in communication with either the dead relative or yeah it's okay you know you know no disrespect you know yeah it, it's your auntie whoever or your uncle whoever or your grandma granddad whoever it may be and yeah we're, we're okay we're doing okay it's fine you know and and have that real emotional response to it Yes, yeah, it was the the one that I was speaking about when the the grandfather came through that was uh, yeah. really emotional. She the the lady did say she feels him around her quite often, but she'd not right. managed to communicate with him at all before wow. now. So wow. that was um, really emotional for her, and we we also felt the emotion around yeah. her as well. So yeah, yeah quite, quite often there's there's tears. Yeah, no, I can I think I get it because obviously you mentioned that you you need that energy amongst the group and stuff, and if you know, if one person is, is so overcome with the emotion, if you've got the energy and you've got the emotion there as well, you know, it. I suppose, and that one must be a, I say fantastic, the wrong, but, but such an emotional feeling that somebody's been able to reconnect or connect or whatever the phrase is, and yeah. please excuse my ignorance sort of thing, but, you know, and, and actually have that communication with a relative, that, that must be really powerful. Yes, yeah, it is very powerful, yeah. So you shared then as well about, I'm just going back to it a little bit, the girl who got scratched on the neck and things. And then obviously you've got the, the, the mention of the name Lucifer. <laughs> what, <laughs> do we have anything to fear from the other side? Well, I'm not scared of anything from the other side. So all I'm scared of is the living. <laughs> well. I'm not scared of the dead. <laughs> so from, from my personal point of view, no. Okay, but other other people have different ideas, and yeah, other people do get a little bit freaked out or scared. You know, when when Lucifer came up on the board, you know, people like, oh no, I'm like, it's okay, it's cool. What's going to happen? You know, what is going to happen? So Emily, I was just I was just wondering. I mean, a couple of the people that we've spoken to have talked about malevolence and malevolent spirits and stuff, and and are worried about the physical the impact that they might have into the chairs across the table or ch- chairs across the room or sort of broken shards of glass and that being attributed to the evil spirit as such. Have you had any experience of that? Are you worried about in terms of malevolence or malevolent spirits at all? Uh, I've never had any experience of it myself. So I, I'm not I'm not too worried about it. I always take protection with me on an investigation and I always protect myself in my mind before I go. 
Uh, and on the way home, I protect myself by telling the spirits they're not welcome to be attached to me. So if anything sort of malevolent is trying to to get in, um, repelling it away. So yeah, I'm, I've I've come across some tricksters and some grumpy or um, like you would get it, you know, on on the earth plane, some grumpy, horrible people in spirit, but not what I would call malevolent and right. Okay evil but and you so you might not have experienced them do you believe they're out there so all the people that talk about malevolent spirits is that something that you feel as though is out there you just haven't experienced yet or is that not something and and go back to the phrase that adam and myself have used earlier you're not open to that or are you open to that but you just haven't experienced it yeah i'm, I'm open to it very open to it um but i haven't experienced it Right. Um, I am off um, soon to East Drive in Pontefract. I don't know if you, you've probably heard of East Drive, have you? It's sort of what, one of the most sort of poltergeist active places in Pontefract. So I'm, I'm off there in June and that's uh, it's supposed to be very poltergeisty. So it'll be interesting to see. Some people go and have nothing happen and others go and they have things thrown down the stairs and uh, all sorts. So it'll be interesting wow. to see what, what I get there. Wow. Does it scare you? Do, do, is there a little bit inside you that thinks, what happens if that happened? Do, do, does fear play a part? No, I'm not. I'm not scared at all. No, uh, I'd be excited by it and interested. So, like, what is it? How did it happen? Why did it happen? Uh, yeah. I just want to be digging into to what it is and why it is. So that I'd be, my brain would be so busy thinking, what, why, how. Where to, to be scared? I'd love to be like that. <laughs> yeah, I wish I, I wish I could say the <laughs> you know same thing. Yeah, I wish I'd have reacted like that when we did that Ouija board because I did not come across <laughs> cool in any way at all. <laughs> You'll be surprised to hear. So, what what's the biggest mis- misconception about what you do then? I think I don't, I, I don't I don't know what people think we do. I think I think people think that we that I think they think we just sit there and. I think people think that we think creaks and things like that coming from the building are poltergeist activity and we get excited by by all these little noises. Um, but it's 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 not like that. You know, we, we if a building's settling, we know if it's wooden, it's going to settle when it gets colder. But yeah, I, th- I think pe- people just, I think, don't understand quite what we're looking for. Investigators do look for different things. Some people just want the activity and then want to go home and go, oh, the light's flashed and this happened and we got this on the spirit board but I like to go home with um with information so my notebook goes everywhere with me and anything that's picked up and any dates that are picked up I write them down and then I like to go back go on the internet and just go through everything go through dates and names and things like that I'm interested in the history as well right so, so, do, you yeah, get, so do, do you get many I suppose recurring spirits and have you built up this is going to sound really strange. Maybe a relationship with somebody, so it's like, oh, oh, it. Hi, Emily. It's such and such again, and you're like, oh, hi. It, you know, and and have you got? Do do you personalise them? I mean, do do they all have names? Do they all have characters? And you mentioned there's some mischievous ones or some poltergeist, and maybe we'll do sort of jester ones or this, that, and the other. So, do do you have any recurring ones that you seem to 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 encounter more than others, or is it just individual encounters all the time? 
Um, at certain places, yeah, you, you tend to pick up on, on the same spirit. There is one, it's called Shambrook Mill Theatre in Bedfordshire, where we go. And there is a spirit down in the cellar there. The first time I ever went there, I walked down into the cellar and I was given such a bad headache. My, my eyes were watering and I was pretty much on my knees because the pain was so bad. We got through to this spirit and found out it was it was him causing me the headache. And then wow. every time I go down there, he does that. And then once I acknowledge him and say, yep, you're here, his name's Godfrey. So once I've acknowledged him, okay, Godfrey, yeah, I'm I'm here to speak to you, then he will take it away. And And literally, is it like as soon as you acknowledge him, the pain goes? Is that how it goes? Wow. Yes. Yeah. And in the cellar, there's a, a, a um, Hockcliffe in Leighton Buzzard where, where I start laughing. But obviously a, we've worked out, we haven't got a name for the spirit yet, not a, a proper name. But he seems to be a, a drunk, elderly man sort of stumbling down in the cellar. And uh, he just affects me with this laughter. And he seems to to come and visit me every time I go there now. Wow. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite interesting. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like me as a ghost. That That's a great, yeah. <laughs> a great, a grey old man stumbling around in cellars. A great wise and drunken old man, absolutely yeah. giving people headaches. Yeah, absolutely, That's you did. It is me. It is me. Somewhere out there, I've lost a twin. You sounded like you said, then, Ad, stumbling around in stellars. Yeah, well, it's probably Freudian slip, my friends. Freudian slip. Yeah. Yeah. So. We like to keep these episodes to around about an hour. So I think we're around about an hour here. I've lost connection a little bit in the middle. Before we go, though, before we go and give a word out to our sponsors and find out what beer the guys have been drinking, have you guys got any final questions? Um, no, 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 not questions. I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm open to sort of the... the the paranormal activity and, and all of that. I am very open to that. And whether it's susceptible, I'd be, I'd be really curious to know what still, and you mentioned earlier, Emily, that you you believe everybody is uh, or has the ability to to connect. I suppose, is it a, how long a period of time does it take for you to be, to learn these skills, techniques, to, to be, you know, to be a, a receptacle of, of, of spirits as such? That varies greatly. So um, the circle I sit in at the local spiritualist church, when I started there, there was uh, seven of us all starting together and we've all progressed so differently. It, I, I'd right. put it pretty much as like a baby walking. Some can walk, they, they start walking and they're running before you know it. Others yeah. are sort of stumbling about for a while. Right. Um, so, okay. yeah, it does. It just depends on how quickly you can relax and clear your mind because you need to clear your mind for spirit to drop things into your mind if your mind's too busy thinking about last night's tea or where you're going next week if that's all going through your mind there's not enough space for spirit to drop things in right okay right nice yeah, that's interesting. I know Dave will be plenty of room in there because nothing <laughs> nothing stays in that bonds of yours, does it? <laughs> I suppose it's that like glass, isn't it? It's half and you you pour it in and then it all spills out, whereas actually you need to empty the glass first to then allow yeah. know, to, for it to be fun. Yeah, I get that. I get that analogy, yeah. Indeed, indeed. So then, unless Dave's got any final questions, have you have you uh, been convinced, Danny? Uh, no, not at all. But one quick <laughs> Well, one quick question, Emily, just because you mentioned your notebook that goes everywhere with you. How many places have you actually been to to, to hold these sessions? Oh, 
crikey. You've not been keeping a running total. <laughs> um, I, I have, but not not right here. But I've, I would say I've been to probably about 40 different places, but I've been to those places multiple times. So a, a lot of them I've been to multiple times. Yeah, a lot of places then that, isn't it? Mm. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. I'll tell you one place that's worth visiting as well, Dave. Ollies-Ollies.com, who are kind <laughs> enough to sponsor this podcast. God bless them. So while you're enjoying your spirits, if you want to get involved with some olives, some nuts, some pretzels, or some chocolate-covered pretzels, head over there. Use the promo code if you're based in the UK, Tallboy Radio, all one word and all capitals, and you'll get 20% off your order. And with every order placed on their website, they donate a school meal to a child in need with the help of one feeds two. So finally then, before we mention the socials, let's find out what the guys have been drinking. Gazza? Yeah, just a couple of drinks tonight. So first of all, I've got a Northern Monk there. So first time I've tried this, Faith in Futures, I had 6.2% DDH IPA. You've probably tried that one, haven't you? So I that's, have, it. that's, quite, that's quite, quite a good one, that is. And then, just as a, a nice little aperitif, just one of my favourites is the Mount Le Chouf, um, which is about 8, is it 8.5%? 8%, yes. Yeah, so yeah, love, love those two. Very that's nice. Right, that's right. And Faith in Futures, very appropriate beer for this episode. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You see, yeah. I see, we're up there for thinking. <laughs> Dave? I'm still not on alcohol, so I've got a brew dog alcohol-free nanny stay, which is all right, actually, for a, a, an alcohol-free lager in a bottle. It's all right. Fair play. Fair play. Well, I'm joining you on the brew dog tonight, dude. I've been on the brew dog. Candy kittens. I don't know if you can mm. see that there. Yeah. So it is a raspberry and guava New England IPA. So it is a cloudy pink beer, if that's what floats your boat. It's very bitter. Didn't like it first taste, but actually I've, I've grown to quite enjoy it. And if you want to find Tallboy Radio, you can find us at, at Tallboy Radio on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, and at Tallboy Radio Podcast on Instagram, and head over to tallboyradio.com. And if you've enjoyed this episode, then drop us a message at mail at tallboyradio.com. Com. So, Emily, where can we find you on social media? If people are interested in seeing a little bit more about what you do, where can you be found? Uh, Emily underscore paranormal. And that's on Facebook, TikTok and Instagram. Fair play, fair play. Well, we'd love to get you back on once you've visited your place in yeah. Pontefract. We'd like to hear about your experiences up there, if that's something that you'll be interested in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So... We're going to say our goodbyes. Emily, as our guest, we'll let you say your goodbyes first. Okay, goodbye. Lovely talking to you all. And I hope to speak to you again soon. Definitely, definitely. Dave? Yeah, it's been it's been great listening, Emily. As these pair said, I'm, I'm a bit of a cynic, but ultimately, you know, you enjoy it, you're passionate about it, you make friends about it, and your experiences are your experiences. And I'm not one to judge or deny them, you know. So, you know, I, I'm the one, and I'm the cynic on the outside. It doesn't take away from you and what you experience. Absolutely. Nice one, Dave. Gaza? Yeah, just echo what what Dave said. Really, other than that, he's a cynic. I'm not. I mean, I, I'm I'm quite open to. It. Obviously, I've, I've I have had an experience, and and it was great within the first five ten minutes of the podcast to to hear that that that, that was a similar experience that that you'd gone through, and that's how you know you started along your journey in terms of what it is that you do now. That you know, me, me and Ad, we, we, we're sort of pushovers when it comes to sort of paranormal stuff because we have we, we are a bit of a geek in terms of that and we, we we have got a bit of an interest in it so uh loved having you on emily would love to have you back on 
just to chat yeah. about, you know, future experiences and this, that and the other. So thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy this episode. So thank you very much for coming on and uh, can't wait to speak to you again. Brilliant. Indeed, indeed. And I think if Gaz and I were to have started a podcast a few years ago rather than this one, it probably would have been something like Pickford and Dickinson, parapsychologists, <laughs> investigators, slash consultants and if you're not sure what that's on about you might have to go back and listen to some old episodes but thank you very much for listening thank you very much for joining us emily and we look forward to hearing from you again at some point in the future mm-hmm.